0: Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the health needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. On this episode of Health Matters, at BU Sargent College. I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Professor uh, Susan McGurk. Susan is a senior researcher at the Center for Psychiatric Rehab. She's also a faculty member in the Department of Occupational Therapy. So Susan, welcome.
1: Thanks, Karen. Thanks very much for inviting me to, enjoy, to um, join you.
0: Well, I'm thrilled that you're here, and you're doing such interesting research. So let's start off with, you know, what is your research focus?
1: Um, so we work um, with people who have serious mental illnesses, and just to to define that, often referred to as uh, SMI. Um, people who have uh, SMI are this is a, st- a a state, usually a state definition, meaning that. Um, that person meets criteria for state funded mental health services. And so typically that means there's a diagnosis of uh, some schizophrenia spectrum disorder, can also be a mood disorder, and in some cases, um, an anxiety disorder that has caused um, or resulted in functional disability for the person so that they have difficulty working or caring for themselves. So again, an SMI is often defined by the state, but typically includes those ranges of of diagnoses. And so our research has uh, addressed some of the cognitive uh, difficulties that people with SMI have, because they are often barriers for people in achieving their community goals. And in particular, we focus on uh, on employment. Why is employment or work important for people with serious mental illnesses well that you know that's a good question and it's it's important for everybody it's something that um, is usually expected uh, by society and um, there are a lot of benefits from working uh, including self-esteem and confidence and structure and um, for people with SMI in particular and for everybody it's a source of income and as, as it turns out uh, employment unemployment is quite high in people with SMI um, despite the fact that it's the most common rehabilitation goal um, and so there's a discrepancy between the desire for work and, and actual rates of work in this group and so that's why why work is uh, particularly important in this group, because it's an often unmet goal. And in some of ours and, and some of our colleagues' prospective work um, earlier, in, um, earlier in our research, we discovered that cognitive difficulties have a signal in, in predicting work in the long term, meaning that people who have greater amounts of cognitive impairment, and by cognitive impairment, I mean difficulties in planning ahead, paying attention, learning and remembering information, and thinking quickly or thinking on your feet, um, all of which have obvious importance for work. Um, People have greater amounts of problems in these areas are people who are often not working uh, um, in longer-term follow-ups. Um, And so it became clear to us that these issues would be important targets for intervention.
0: Well, That's that's really important to to understand, particularly with uh, someone with this diagnosis. And you shared some of the issues, but are there different types of barriers uh, to people with serious mental illnesses? Um, that they face in getting a job in the first place and then keeping a job
1: yeah, so that's um, yes there there are there are um, you know there 's a range of of barriers, and you know they 're each very important in their own right, so often people who have these um, serious mental illnesses have often had uh, job losses. Um, that are painful or embarrassing. And so that results in people losing confidence in themselves as a worker. And so this lack of confidence may um, cause them to be reticent to um, try again to get work. Um, Sometimes people are are, um, losing their jobs because they've made mistakes. for example, that reflect cognitive problems. For example, not paying enough attention, forgetting a step of the job, um, not planning ahead, and having um, conflicts in their in their meetings, or in some cases, showing a misunderstanding of the unwritten rules of um, social uh, um, social interactions in the workplace. And so, all of these issues uh, have um, contributed to what's called unsatisfactory job endings, where people walk off the job with no other job plans or are fired. And so you can see in that some of the barriers include um, these cognitive difficulties and um, then a lack of, of confidence and also people with SMI are also coping with clinical symptoms and these include Um, psychotic symptoms sometimes that are not perhaps fully amenable to uh, treatment and so the person has to cope with those and there are negative symptoms which can contribute to diminished motivation and follow-through and um, also you know of greater interest even more recently are some of the medical comorbidities that happen in everybody for sure um, but also occur quite frequently in people with SMI, including um, obesity, diabetes, um, cardiovascular problems, and other physical problems that also contribute to uh, difficulties finding and and keeping work. And so for these reasons, a primary uh, treatment for uh, work disability and to help people Get and keep jobs is called supported employment. And supported employment is an evidence based vocational rehabilitation model that has several principles that make it obvious why it's so, why it's evidence based. And that is that when people um, espouse an interest in work, uh, the supported employment specialist very rapidly figures out what kind of job they want and then helps them find it. And um, helps them obtain it, and then provides services as needed while the person is is uh, performing the job. And supported employment has had an enormous impact on work rates in people with SMI. And um, you know, there's over 25 randomized controlled trials nationally and internationally showing the efficacy of this intervention. So, so you might ask, well, then. Why are these cognitive problems still barriers? If there's these this great um, rehabilitation intervention, doesn't that help people work around those cognitive issues? And the answer is um, not really. And so what you see in these prospective trials, some of which we've done, um, I work with Kim User and and uh, other people in our research group, and. In our um, prospective studies, as I said, cognitive impairments are still a problem, even in people who are getting supported employment. And so it means that the, the problems these cognitive issues are causing the person are overwhelming these vocational supports, meaning the vocational supports are not enough for some people. And so, because of these reasons, we started developing a cognitive enhancement intervention that we call Thinking Skills for Work, um, because we we in most of our research has fully focused on helping people um, get and keep work, and we delivered this cognitive enhancement in concert with uh, supported employment services. So, um, I can tell you a little bit about some of the uh, cognitive. Uh, the elements of the Cognitive Enhancement and Thinking Skills for Work. That would be great, um, because that was actually
0: going to be my next question. Um, I don't know if everybody understands what Cognitive Enhancement is, and um, your uh, program called Thinking Skills for Work um, is very exciting. And I know it's multi-component. So if you could explain first the definition of cognitive enhancement, what that might mean, and then go into detail about thinking skills for work, that would be great.
1: Um, sure. So uh, so cognitive enhancement, which is, by, by the way, also sometimes referred to as uh, cognitive remediation, cognitive training, cognitive rehabilitation. It's a set of um, strategies to help people improve the range of cognitive domains that I mentioned, um, attention, learning, memory, problem-solving, planning ahead, information processing speed, uh, with the goal of um, helping people improve their functioning in the community. And so a common core of cognitive remediation programs are um, our software is software that helps people practice these cognitive areas um, with, you know, to help improve these cognitive functions. And so that tends to be a core aspect of many cognitive programs. The point I really um, want to be, I wanna uh, make for um, people interested in this, in this area in cognitive enhancement is that practicing cognitive exercises on a computer is not sufficient to improve community function. So, um, we published a meta-analysis in 2007 and our colleague, um, Till Weix, updated that in 2011 and I'm sure there's more in the works. And what was pretty clear from these meta-analyses about cognitive enhancement is that um, for cognitive remediation programs or cognitive enhancement programs to really have an impact on community functioning, it has to be delivered in concert with psychosocial rehabilitation. So if you look at um, studies that have delivered, you know, practicing cognitive exercises or other approaches to improving cognition, even though people's cognition improves, their community functioning does not in the absence of psychosocial rehabilitation. So that led us to really realize that um, the way to use this tool, these cognitive enhancement approaches, including software that provide exercises to shore up these areas, is it can have its best impact when it's delivered in the context of, for us, supported employment. So uh, most of our studies have Um, tested this by randomizing people who have SMI and who want to work to either receiving supported employment alone or supported employment combined with thinking skills and thinking skills for work. And what we have shown is that the combination or the inclusion of these cognitive enhancement techniques boost work outcome above and beyond supported employment alone. And, and so to us, this seems like the best spending of these cognitive enhancement resources, which is to target it towards what people want, what their, um, what their community goal is and their desire, what their desire is. And, and to couple that with an evidence-based approach like, like supported employment. Um, and so to boost what people get from that psychosocial program. So the way we understand the effects we see and in other colleagues who are looking at other outcomes like um, school or social cognition is um, that these psychosocial programs alone can be quite effective. Support employment has an effect size of 1.7. It's enormously effective. But there's, as I said, a, group, a subgroup of people it leaves behind, and they tend to be people with greater cognitive problems. So if you can help boost those cognitive skills while receiving supported employment, they can get more out of supported employment. So to us, that seems like um, a data-driven approach, which is to combine two evidence-based practices um, to help a person um, get what they want. Out of their life, um, and then the other, the other thing I wanted to note about cognitive enhancement is in thinking skills, which I think is, a, is really a good example of this. there are several ways to help people manage cognitive problems. one is to help them improve it by this focused, structured manualized practice using um, demonstrated software software that 's demonstrated to improve cognition in people with say schizophrenia. But then there's also a set of strategies that we call self-management strategies that we all use. And I know you're very familiar with these, Karen. And these in, include things like um, as an OT, because this is where I, I learned a lot of this from working with OTs in the community. And I was very unfortunate to come to upon OTs in, in vocational rehab programs um, and, and mental health programs. Is, you, is to teach people how to um, use alarms and schedules and um, supports uh, to help either work around persistent cognitive problems or to enhance functioning. Um, we all have more information <laughs> than we can manage at any one time. And so we make to-do lists um, or checklists um, or we set alarms for ourselves or no miss reminders. And these help all of us manage the demands in our daily life. But for reasons we we don't really fully understand, people with SMI don't use these um, strategies to manage their day. And so that's another cognitive component in thinking skills, which is to figure out what kinds of strategies would most help this person in their work life and we teach them these strategies, and then the employment specialist, which is involved in all of our delivery of cognitive enhancement, then can prompt the person to use that strategy in the community, either during the job search, and it might be a checklist of everything they need to have with them, like their resume and, um, you know, uh, to, to wear a suit or, or whatever for whatever's plan, job activities plan for that day. Um, or in some of our studies, we have taught the employment specialist to deliver that component, the self-management strategy teaching in the community with the person where it's going to have uh, its biggest impact. Yeah, the, the natural environment
0: where the person is seeking employment, would be the, the best place, I think, um, for them to be practicing these skills that you're talking about. Um, I love your enthusiasm um, for this topic. You're really making a difference um, in, in the lives of so many people. And is this happening at the Center for Psych Rehab at Boston University?
1: Absolutely, yes. Um, in fact, uh, the center has a number of grants from the NIMH and primarily from Neidler in um, developing treatments to help people uh, reach their work goals, to help improve interest in work in people who don't have an interest. And um, so we work in a group with Sally Rogers and Slotka Rosanova and um, a number of um, core researchers there who's Um, primary research focuses on work. And in fact, I'm working with Mary Ann Farkas uh, on uh, a NIDILRR funded development project to scale up thinking skills for work. And so uh, that project is ongoing, but thus far we've developed an online training course of this relatively complex intervention. It's 10 modules, about 20 to 30 minutes each, each module. And um, I know we've sought your input on, on many aspects of uh, distance learning teaching, which uh, was new for us when we started this project. And we've uh, gone through several phases of it. The last one we completed is proof of prototype. And now we're moving on to proof of product. Um, but that's been uh, very exciting, um, the possibility of making this more widely available. Cause you know, I get, um, Calls and requests for materials all the time, and primarily from OTs. So it, I, you know, I'm perfectly positioned in um, the uh, in an OT department um, because occupational therapists really, I mean, they understand and develop treatments uh, to enhance cognition, specifically targeting aspects of functioning.
0: Well, thank you for that shout out uh, about occupational therapy. And and, um, I want to just thank you and your collaborators on everything that you're doing. We're going to be concluding now, but if people want to learn more about what you're doing, would they contact um, Boston university through Sargent college for the center for psych rehab, or is there, you know, a different um, link that you'd suggest?
1: Well, if they go to, um, they go to the Center for Psych Rehab. There, uh, there's a list of um, of researchers and research projects at the site. It's cpr.bu.edu, and there they can, uh, if they go to uh, my name, I have links to different papers and and results of research projects and and um, definitions of and explanations of what cognitive enhancement is for consumers and for families. So. Um, That's all accessible through the Center for Psychiatric Rehabilitation website. Well, thank you
0: so much. I know people are going to be going there to learn more. And thank you, Susan, for being
1: on Health Matters. Thank you very much, Karen.